This is an age of speed, a nervous age that keeps our emotions stirred. All of us, young or old, schooled or illiterate, are endowed by nature with the ability to live a life filled with many kinds of emotions. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked In Podcast. Today, I got a special guest today. We got Guap from Dallas. I really met bro from Memo. In the back, we're at a art gallery down in Phoenix, and he was telling me about how he throws these events up in Dallas. And we have, um, you guys remember, Turt, Destroy Denim. He was at one of the, one of the events as well. And um, I just thought we'd come in and chop it up and get some of your story after just chopping it up with you right now. I feel like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I fuck with bro. Like, you, you already kind of, like, got your shit already mapped out. And um, just kind of want to jump into a little bit of your story. You were telling me that you grew up in New York. Yeah. How was that growing up like that, growing up in New York? Um, it was cool. I grew up with the, I feel like I grew up with a lot of the culture. So, like... Supreme, like all the streetwear stuff, like I was pretty onto it. Um, just with my uncle, like he used to be into that stuff heavy, so like it became like the norm, you know what I'm saying? Right, at the crib. Yeah, so just seeing bait, Supreme, listening to uh, certain music, like I went from, we could go from Dipset to like Blink 182. Mm. So it was like, I was, I feel like I was pretty broad like introduced to that stuff early so it's like i'm not stuck on the one thing and grow up on one thing so i was pretty like was your uncle a big influence like just seeing or was that like because you were also telling me like some of it was just kind of regular like you would just have these supreme pieces you're not really even knowing what it is at the time yeah but what, like besides that he was an inspiration to you yeah i feel like my uncle really introduced me and, oh, and that's cool my uncle really uh, set the tone for, like, my interest. He really set the tone for, for me being in the clothes period. Okay. Like, to be real, like, at first, it was just, like, a, like a normal thing. You know what I'm saying? Because you see, you see the stuff normally, you see Supreme normally, you're just like, all right, it's another T-shirt. But to some people, that's just, like, that's a big thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Especially now, you see that. But back then, it was just like, when you're used to it, it's just like a normal thing. So once I realized, like, it wasn't so normal for people to, like, have these certain things, that's when I was just like, maybe this is something that I should stick with and I should, you know. What age was that? Was that, like, before high school? Yeah, that was, um, i say around, like, when I realized that it was, when I realized it was something different was probably around, like, Eighth grade. Okay. That's what I feel like that's when everybody, like, that's when we start kind of picking out our own clothes a little more. You can style yeah. yourself, like, you get some money for the summer to go, you know, buy clothes for school. Yeah. That's when, like, start really, like, developing. Yeah, because I feel like at, when I was in eighth grade, that was, when I was in middle school period, that was the time when ASAP and Tyler was taking off. Oh, that was Like, huge. when they first, yeah, so when they first came out. You know, Tyler had, like, the Supreme Towel. Uh, I mean, ASAP had the Supreme Towel. Tyler had, like, the, the Supreme Bogo camp hats. Box logos. Yeah. Uh, hoodies. Hoodies, T-shirts. And at that moment, it was, like, 
it was different because it's like, you know, usually you see pieces that people wear and you can just go to the store and get it. Right. But Supreme at that time wasn't so accessible. No, it was huge. It was like the biggest thing. I remember like um, it would just be just seeing it all the time on the computer. It felt honest, like unaccessible, at least for someone like me. I didn't have like an uncle that just, you know what I'm saying, had the Supreme shit. We didn't have no storefronts like how it is like growing up in New York. Yeah, like for us, I would say like, especially being in New York, like you're used to it, but you go somewhere where you only see it online, like it's it's different. Because as in middle school, you're not thinking, I'm going to type in my credit card, I'm going to type in my debit card and buy this hat, I'm going to buy this shirt that this person wore. You know what I'm saying? Because back then, like you had, you know, baggy jeans, a fat-ass white T-shirt, that's easy to go get. But when you were transferring into like the more branded era, to where it's like, they don't sell Supreme in the mall. It's like, it was different. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it hit different. So I feel like that's that's the era when looking at brands and designers became more important. That's when you really started researching and started like cooking yeah. up for yourself? Because you were telling me, I didn't even know that you uh, you designed clothes as well and like you were making your own stuff. Yeah. So that, that started in like, I want to say... So eighth grade, I started like researching more and trying to understand more. And like freshman year is when I decided like I feel like I have a grasp on clothes itself, and I want to start designing for myself so I could I could fully understand what I'm doing or what I'm you know what my interest is. What were some like the the first designs? Because it's kind of hard. Like I remember I was like into designing too at the time, so. It's like you can screen print, like, but that's kind of regular. Mm. Or you can like, and that's even it was kind of hard to even find screen printing like back then. Like it just wasn't right. like how it is today, you know. So yeah. what, what kind of stuff were you cooking up back then? For me, I was really into like Japanese brands, and I feel like with Japanese brands, it was more cut and sew. So for me, I I decided that I wanted to learn how to sew. So I went straight off the bat with someone. Like I honestly didn't start designing T-shirts until like way after the fact. But like for me, it was like I feel like this is more important because I don't want my piece to be just a flat. You know what I'm saying? Like flat I want image. Yeah, and it's, it is it is no disrespect to anybody who does that, but I just feel like you're. Your clothes has more like meaning if you have like you can look at it and be like, okay, this is in order for it to fit like this, like he had to do this and it's not it's more intricate. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to look at it more because I was researching, okay, what type of sewing is this? What kind of what kind of seam is this? What kind of you know what I'm saying? But with printing it's just like print, go. You know what I'm saying? Very one dimensional. Yeah. So I feel like with all my time of researching I seen there was many different components to designing, and I was like, I need to learn what this is. I need to figure it out because I feel like that's what real design is. Well, like, because obviously we'll get into the archive stuff, but it sounds like that was like a real pivotal time in your life when you were just really eighth grade, sitting down, researching, and the point that you were into the Japanese stuff is like, that takes like a lot, like how they do their garments, and that that's like really, really deep 
it's a lot of information. They have a rich history with garments and stuff. So I feel like is that is that what kind of started to get you into archiving after that, or with the designing? Actually, before we do that, with the designing, did you go to grow and make your own brand for a little bit? Um, yeah, with the designing, I wanted to. I had a brand named Madden, and it was uh, MAD stands for like mutually assured destruction, and I feel like with that, I wanted to put out clothes that stood for. No matter, because I was, I learned that in history class too, which is crazy because I was in freshman year and we were learning about uh, like JFK and, and, and that war. And that was the term that we was learning about called mutually assured destruction, which meant for, it was, it stood for like nuke warfare, right? Mm -hmm. So if you drop a nuke on us, we're going to drop a nuke on you. And either way, we're both screwed. So we're mutually assured the same destruction. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I felt like I put my own twist onto that to where it's like, no matter how you live, no matter route, what route you take in life, we're all assured the same thing. And it sounds dark at first, because we're all, you know, we're all going to go, we're all going to pass and you move on. But I wanted to make something to where it's like, maybe there's like, different lifestyles out there. There's people who indulge in, 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 in all the different sins. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, I had T-shirts that, that had um, designs of, like, strippers on it. I'm in freshman year, right? I've never been to a strip club. Yeah. But I had, I had T-shirts that referred to strippers. I had T-shirts that referred to uh, warfare, killing each other. And... I feel like that showed, like, no matter what route you take, we all face the same kind of fate. Okay. So just live your life. Kind so of it was do. more of, like, a bringing, like, people together. Like, just live free. Everybody, yeah. we all face our own separate wars, but, yeah. you know, we all got to, like, answer to one thing. Kind of yeah. At the end of the day. Same thing, yeah. And then from there, so when did you start really, when the archive started, like, taking over? Like, when did you, like, okay, like, I'm going to start like, flipping them or just being interested in general? Um, I'm gonna be honest. When Grail first came out, and that was my freshman year, because I remember at that time flipping clothes wasn't popular. Like I remember when people when people would sell clothes, it wasn't to like this is my money maker. When people would sell clothes, they'd be like, I don't wear this. Somebody else would appreciate it, so I'm gonna just put it out for the same person I got it for. Right. I used to just see pieces, and I used to see it for sale, and I was like. And like four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. Like, okay, people make money off this stuff, but they're not making it as like a. This is my way to live. They were making it as like a. This is a good garment that's valued at this much because, because of this. I need some pocket change right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even wear it anymore. Yeah, and I used to be like, why is this worth six hundred dollars? And I used to look it up. Why is this worth one thousand dollars? Look it up understand more behind the piece. So I'd be like, okay, now I could dif differentiate archive from what's the norm. Denzel, can you move uh, his mic a little bit just closer to him, like with the stand? You're good, though. You can keep going. I'm just picking it all up. Oh, but um, I used to differentiate, like, what archive is from, um, like, the regular market. You know what I'm saying? So, like, used to have... 
your regular Jordans that come out, and they'll always be based at this price, right? But then you'll have your piece from 2005 that's worth 1K. You'd be like, why the fuck is it yeah. worth 1K more? 1K. Like, as a kid, you got $1,000, you're a millionaire. Bro, no, literally, I was just like, think like, bro, if I can get one pair of these Margella shoes, I used to remember thinking like, yeah. bro, I'd be lit. I don't, I don't have all the hoes, nigga, it's good. Yeah, bro. yeah, like, like that was your mindset. So I used to be like, why does this piece, why does this one item? So from then you started collecting then? Like, yeah, from then I started, I was just like, you know what? Especially already being on like the, like it was just the norm for me. I felt like, you know what? I'm going to just keep looking into these specific specific items and I'm going to just invest in that rather than, hey mom, can I get the newest Jordans that dropped this Saturday? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I used to just be like, you know what? You were thinking from like, like almost like an investment point yeah, of view, like maybe without even noticing. Yeah, I, I didn't notice it was an investment. I just knew like this is worth this much because of this, and I know I want it because not because it's worth, but more because like this is something that's sought after. This is something different. Right. Nobody in my city has something like this. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I was just like, you know what? I'm all about being what's different. Especially like with my mom and like my whole family, they they're all in the fashion. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So it's funny, yeah, I mean, you're talking about your mom now, and mm-hmm. you told me a little bit about your uncle. Like, what else did your family do that, like... So, like, with my family, like, my grandmother, she was really into, like, European brands, and I didn't learn that until after the fact, but I could tell that really bled through within the rest of my family. So, like, I didn't notice it at the time as a kid, because, like, when you're a kid, you're looking at what's hot. So ASAP, for ASAP Rocky, was hot, was Supreme, Bape, all that stuff. But my mom, my, my parents, my grandmother, they were already on, like, European brands. And I wasn't on that Like, high-end luxury, like, yeah. Pradas and... Yeah, Prada, uh, Louis Vuitton, all that, all that stuff. So I wasn't on that level yet. So, like, eventually I kept going until I caught on. Then it started making sense with, like, yeah. grandmas and mom dukes. Yeah. Like, okay, so this shit really just in me. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. Well, then that brings us to, like, oil spill, because now you have your own, I would almost consider, like, maybe a community, or mm-hmm. how would you describe it? Like, what is oil spill gallery? Um, me, personally, I would describe it as a Texas collective, because I feel like, because when you think about it, all the hot spots for, like, rare, expensive clothes, you think to shop and spend a bag... I need to go to New York and L.A., right? right? And I felt like there was a lot of potential in Texas. Because I knew I seen a lot of people, and I felt like these people got some better stuff than, like, you traveling, you buying plane tickets to New York when there's people right here who got stuff that's better than all of these other spots that you could shop at. Right. So I felt like I want to put the low-key places on the map kind of deal. And I don't want to take credit like, oh, I, you know what I'm saying, put these people on the map, but... You just seen, you seen something missing there, and then you, yeah. you went there, you went to Texas for just work, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, um, but you seen like a niche market, you seen like what, just other like fashion kids, or was it, because I know with the archive stuff, you're really like meeting a lot of people like on Reddit, Instagram, mm-hmm. and shit. So would you like, were you already meeting people out there just genuinely, or did you already have connections through like these forums, Reddit's, and stuff? 
Honestly, I'm be real. How you go about building it, like with the oil spill shit? So go about building it, cause since since like all right, so since when I first got in the archive, I started utilizing social media, and my biggest platform at first was Kick. No. So Kick, you used to put it hashtag whatever, and that puts you in the group chat. So I understood that social media was the best way to go about communicating with certain people. So coming into now, like, you know, I already have a well understanding of social media. I felt like I could find, I could, I could find different markets. Like I already know what I'm used to, right? So I'm used to archive and I know what to look for to tell, you know, who's really into this and who's just buying it for the hype. Right. Because you go into Texas and Texas is, is a lot of, Vintage and hype stuff, right? Because you look at like, if you be, if we're being real, if you look at who control the market, you look at like Travis Scott. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You look at you know who's the who's the idols, and Travis Scott wore a lot of vintage T-shirts. He wore a lot of the newest shoes, right? So I feel like a lot of people capitalized off that, and Texas became known as the hotspot for vintage tees. Mm-hmm. Because when I first moved out there. You know, some of my, my friends, they would hit me up. I'll talk to them, and they'll be like, oh, I got this Vince's tea. And they'll be like, you need to, like, you're in Texas, bro. Like, you need to get that off type shit? Yeah, you need, like, Vince's T-shirt. You're in Texas, bro. Vince's tees in Texas is the wave. And I used to just hear that all the time. I used to be like, I mean, yeah, Vince's tees are cool, but... You're thinking they're cool everywhere, right? Yeah, they're like, cool yeah, everywhere, no, yeah. You're telling me nothing new. I know it's cool. Yeah, but I, I just feel like, I look beyond Vince's tees, and I was like, well, there's a whole market for this scene out here, Archive. And I feel like nobody knows that because anybody I ever talked to, Vince's Tees, oh, you could get whatever shoes, you could get these Jordans out there for the low. And I used to just be like, it's much more than that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to look into it more. And like early last year, I was like, you know what? I always had this idea in my mind that I want to have like a museum of rare pieces because I know there's a lot of people out there that don't understand and I want them to understand why there's a community of people out there that's spending $2,000 on one t-shirt you know what I'm saying so I want them to understand that so I was you know I want to build more of a museum aspect because when you go to a museum you look at art and you're like I could do this well why is this $10,000 right but then you look into it more, you start researching, you're like, you know what? I'm looking at it in person, not just online. Because if you look at the Mona Lisa online, you're like, you don't give a damn. That ain't nothing crazy. But you look at it in person, it's a much different feel. For sure. So I thought, of, I thought about it like that, and I was like, you know what? I want to create a, a space where people could look at these things that they always see online and truly see why it's worth that. You know what I'm saying? No, that that's a big thing. I mean, even when I first started like working over at 151, like seeing like all these designer pieces every day, feeling them, touching them, it mm-hmm. brings a total different light. You actually understand, you're like, okay, I understand why they pay X amount of dollars for this. And mm-hmm. especially like with the archive clothing and stuff, is like the closest thing in to something like that is like a museum because I mean these are all like traditional pieces, like just the most sought after like things. So that makes sense, though, that you, like, you went and just created your own kind of 
like you said, collective that can put on like these shows and stuff like that. But your first show was in Dallas, correct? Yeah. How'd that turn out? How was that? Um, it was crazy. And it's so crazy how it happened. Talk to me a little bit about behind the scenes about how do you like how do you even like link with a, a turt or like, you know, just from like gathering these different vendors from all around. So that was crazy. So like like I said, all of this stuff was on social media. Because honestly, I live far away from everybody else, right? Wow. So like I mean like I'm secluded. Like to get to the nearest city, I drive two hours. Damn. Every weekend. You know what I'm saying? So everything was solely off social media. And I started off with this idea that I shared to a couple people. And I was like, you know what? I want to really push this because I want to do more than just have clothes. Because I always used to have, I used to, I used to get told that, like, you know, you just have clothes and you just spend all this money on clothes, but what are you truly doing with it? And I always had these ideas, but I never really acted on them. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually make this happen so I could, I could show people so they can understand, like, why I go spend X amount on clothes, why I, you know what I'm saying, why I always travel to San, two hours to San Antonio just to look at clothes. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually put something together to where people can understand. So I started looking up different people. And the people that I did know, they would send me names. So I will look at those names and I will hit them up. Like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to host this. You're just looking for other, event. like, archive resellers yeah. and stuff. Okay. So I was like, oh, hey, I'm trying to host this archive event. I want it to be like a gallery type deal. And you tell somebody something, especially, and I had to learn that too, within nowadays, because the market has been very resale. You know what I'm saying? So if people are not making money, they're not going to really look at it. So I was like, you know what? I want to have a gallery, but you can also sell your pieces there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you tell people that, and they're just like, okay, I'm down. You know what I'm saying? Can you tell somebody, hey, bring your T-shirt through, hang it up on the wall? They're going to be like, for what? what? Yeah, for what? For sure, especially right. you want me to travel. Yeah, I could do that for free myself. But you tell me not everybody was located in Dallas for that no, event. No, no. Honestly, ninety percent of my team is in Houston. Okay. Ninety percent of my team is in Houston, so I had to I had to really pitch it to them straight to the point where it's like we're gonna we're gonna showcase your rare items that you don't want to sell, but then things that you do want to sell, you can. Put that out there. Okay. So once they understood that, and I really like, we got them in the group chat. So I was like, hey. Break it down with them because you're doing everything remotely, which is like, yeah. It's really, really hard. You're explaining this vision of basically bringing all these people, but you're doing it like, like I said, remotely. It's hard. Yeah. So like I said, I really learned how how to use social media. So I learned, like, okay, I know people don't really care for group chats. So let me. You know, because that's always blowing your phone up. So let me, like, let them know, hey, there's going to be other people of the same interest. Like, these aren't just BS, like, oh, I like this T-shirt. These are people who, yeah, people who generally have the things that you like. Right. You know what I'm saying? trying to get bread. Yeah. And you tell them that everybody in this group is on the same mission as you, and you show them the people who's in it, and they're like, damn, like, these people, like, on the same shit as me. Then they look at that. And they're like, you know what? 
I could do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could work with these people. I could communicate with them. They understand me. So it started to get a little easier after you started getting, like, I'm down, I'm down, mm -hmm. I'm down. And then from there, what do you do? You, you look for a space, I'm assuming. Yeah, so we got everybody together, right? And how we got Dallas is funny because the people who recommended Dallas are the people, are some people who was like, I can't make it. Oh, really? So the people who could make it were already stuck with Dallas. So we were just like, damn, I've never been to Dallas before. Some of them people have never been to Dallas before. And I was just like, you know what? Cool. Like, let's, let's just go ahead and do it. Cause I, I why seen, was it Dallas? Like, why? It just said it had a space? Because um, we had some people who was in Dallas who knew the market. And they was like, Dallas has a crazy archive market. Mm. So they were like, let's do it there. So I, So everybody was like, cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to get out of where they're from. Right. So you tell somebody somewhere different, they're like, all right, cool. Like it's Dallas. Even yeah. So like, all right, cool, Dallas. And then once those people who brought up Dallas started to fall out, we already had it established. Okay. So we was like, you know, we're gonna keep pushing Dallas. We ain't never been there before. We see there's a market. It's proven that there's a market, so let's just keep pushing that. So we went to Dallas. Crazy turnout. Awesome. Crazy turnout. And I was that's when I realized like. Were you nervous leading up to, like, your first event? Like, was you like, what the fuck? I don't even feel like pulling up type shit. Like, god damn. I over-prepped like crazy. Over-prepped like crazy. Because my thoughts were just going everywhere. Because I'm, I'm really, uh, like, 10 steps. Like, before the problem happens, I got I to gotta already think about it. Right. So I already had everything over-prepped like crazy. And... The event went so smooth, like no problems whatsoever. That's fire. So it went, like, we had a lot of cool people pull up. We had a lot of people travel. We had people fly in. We had Turk coming from Arizona, uh, Memo coming from Arizona. We had people coming from LA, people coming from Florida, just for a one day event. Mm. And that's when I realized, like, that's when I really realized that this is something way bigger than just a pop-up. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's when I was like, you know what? I feel like this is something that could be way bigger and I need to keep pushing this. So what's some of the goals now? Like, I know you did another um, event, I believe in Houston, correct? Mm -hmm. And then I'm sure that that was like another great turnout. Was that better than the Dallas? Do you feel like you upgraded from there? Um, it was a little tricky. Upgrade... I feel like in certain aspects, I upgraded. I, f I still feel like Dallas was our staple event. But Houston, I feel like we had a lot more. So, like, we had homies, like, we had an after party, right? Like, an after party, like a rave. And our homies, like, Angel, Angel Dior, uh, Crash the Audi. Um, we had performances from artists like 1500 Vino, like, all these different people. Like, they pulled up. And we had the full, the full picture, like of of okay, we got clothes, but there's a nightlife scene to it too. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like you go turn up and do whatever right. you want. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, archive is a lot like a, I do whatever I want, wear whatever I want. Nobody can tell me anything. And you have an after party where you go to the after party, you be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Around a lot of other people who be themselves. And what's the what's the only place to What's the what's the biggest place to do that? 
That is a rave. You know what I'm saying? Because raves, you go to a rave, everybody's... So y'all turned it out with the whole rave, too? Yeah. At the end, okay. So that provided, like, the ultimate vibe. So, all right, everything's here. Yeah. Okay. So we had our homies in charge of that, and they they for sure put that on. Like, they... That was a, that was a crazy turnout. So, um, what do you see, like, next for, like, Oil Spill Gallery? Like, I know you guys launched the website, and you can go there and buy our car of clothing. Mm. And then, as far as, like, events and stuff, do you just basically to continue just to stay on top of it and kind of just mm. knock out other, like, events in, the, in Texas or to plan on yeah. starting? Our, our main focus is to make a... We're doing, like, a Texas tour right now. Sick. Because you want to establish... If you want to if you, if you see this, like, you got to come to Texas. Okay. So we're really trying to push that... that Texas shopping, like, whole idea... Because, you know, I want you to, when you think, when you think I want to go somewhere to spend money on rare clothes, I want you to think New York, L.A., Texas. Okay. And what's the main space to go to in Texas? Oil spill. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So I want, I, I, I wanted to push this as more as like a, like an agency kind of deal because we have a lot of team members who are like talented, talented. So we have like, like a member Jason, like graphic design. Crazy on graphic design. Remember Lou, he has his own brand. And his stuff is like outlandish. Like mm-hmm. not no normal, you know what I'm saying? Like all the stuff is by hand and ideas that you've never seen before. So that's what you meant by your collective. Like you guys have yeah. other people doing other creative outlets mm-hmm. through the Oil Spill Gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, was I going to say, how do you... Okay, so like the archive community, can you talk to me like a little bit about that? Because were, we were talking earlier and you are saying like, bro, like... A lot of it is, like, scammers. Like, it's cool. Because I don't really know too much. Like, I see... I basically see... I watch a lot of, like, YouTube videos of, like, just other kids talking for about, like, 30 minutes just about, like, certain clothes. And, like, it does, it gets boring to me sometimes. So, like, I even just, like, log out. But I know there's just, like, a strong community and shit like that. So, is everybody kind of tied in, like, low-key? It's crazy. Because when you really talk to these, like tapped in archive people, they all know each other. Yeah. It's so crazy because everybody know, knows each other. And it's like, a lot of them get it in however they can, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? You do you, but right. a lot of them, like, social media. Like, it goes back to what I was saying about social media. A lot of these kids know how to manipulate social media. Right. So they know how to maneuver and who to contact and who to tap in with. And the best way to to really take over social media is having something different. Okay. Right? So you look at you look at famous people, you look at you look at Bloody Osiris, you look at Cardi, you look at all these people, you look at people who's doing something that nobody else is doing on social media. Pieces that nobody has on social media. And a lot of these kids understood like if I buy this because not a lot of other people have it, I'm then people, yeah, I'm people so are going to look at me because I'm that go-to person. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, you once, can tell those kids as soon as you see them, like on Instagram and shit. Like, they'll have you like can, two pictures, three pictures. Of yeah, because they know. Like, yeah, I, I know some people who got one post on Instagram, and all of the, that one post, all the pieces they're wearing are some crazy pieces, but they have two thousand followers. 
And you look at somebody who has like 40 posts, only like 500. And you look at it and you're like, why? Because these kids know how to manipulate social media. These kids know this is what people want to see. Right. You know what I'm saying? $5,000 jeans, 10K sweater. That's easy Rick right glasses, there. Like yeah, and then from there, now you post your one picture to establish who you are and what you have, and you just hit people up. And people are not going to respond unless they be like, who is this guy? They click, see who this guy is, see who he got on. Oh, I know he know. Like he knows what he has. He knows what he's doing. Right. And from there, there's like, all right, I can associate with this kid. And so that's how it goes. I was gonna say, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. It almost feels like when you're in that scene, like if you see somebody else and and they kind of have like some other archive stuff on, it's almost like an instant, like like you look at him like, oh, like we can maybe be friends, kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's that's how it is with anything. Like you look at people. Like, I'm not really big into sports, but you can tell, like, people who play basketball, like, if yeah. bro is nice over here and bro over there is nice. But the archive shit yeah. takes so much research, though, that it's like, yeah. it's almost not even just, like, as plain as But that. that's, that's, another, that's another part, too, because you have people who could buy it, who, who can afford it and put it on, and then you got the people who understand and can buy it and put it on. So I feel like that's where the that's where the, the, the disconnect is. That's where like when people just buying it for the hype type shit. Yeah, that's where people who really know what's up. Yeah, and that's when the 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 elitists come in. The fashion elitists. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like you don't understand what this means, but you you got it. But I'm better than you because I understand it. You know what I'm saying? That shit gets so weird to me, bro. I'm so it over gets that. weird. I'm like, bro, it gets get weird. out of here. But you know what? You have to understand at a certain point, like that's what anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what anything, like. But this, like, I, I, like it is, like, because you'll meet, like, a nigga who, like, really into music and, like, they kind of feel like they're better because they yeah. know, like, other artists and, like. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, there's something when it comes in clothes, bro, they, like, niggas really be feeling, like. Bro. I feel like it's because they really spent, like, hours, like, trying, like, really figuring this shit out. So mm-hmm. they kind of feel, like, a little entitled, like, yo, like. Nigga, you don't even know, bro. That's a, and I, I get that because, of course, if you put more time and effort into something, you're going to feel like you're ahead of your peers compared to like, yeah, you're on the same thing, but do you understand it? You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's where I understand where the elitists come in, but at the same time, it creates a toxic community to when it's like, I'm not going to associate with you because you don't know. But it's like, damn, like, you can't just love clothes too? You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, there comes that that big divide. And that's also why I made Oil Spill because I wanted people, because I, I, I really noticed, that's one big thing that I noticed, right? I noticed a lot of people would be like, I don't fuck with that person because of this. I don't fuck with that person because of that. And I'm just like, have you ever met him? You ever talked to him? No, I just don't like him because of this. But then when we had the event, I seen those two same people who didn't like each other talking to each other. Cool. Now they talking. Now they, you know what I'm saying? They cool. And I'm just like. Nigga probably low-key geeked about it. Like, yeah, yeah. You know and I'm like, just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted this to be, I also wanted this to be a museum, but I wanted it to be a place where. You can bring the culture together. Yeah. It's like a conglomerate, like 
we can all meet here and this is yeah. like a safe space for everybody to feel comfortable because you said like everybody's like feeling uh, like living free like they're doing their own thing so that's like a space that people would be looking for really mm-hmm. something like that and and that's why we had that's why I wanted also to really push the museum aspect because you got people who you go to a museum right you don't understand every single technique you don't understand every single artists, the way they paint, you don't understand everything, but you could look at it and appreciate it. So I wanted to also make it free and make the museum aspect free to people who don't, may not understand to look at it and be like, you know what? I could, you know what I'm saying? I could, I could get something from this. Even though I may not be able to afford it, maybe, you know, I may not understand it completely, but I could look and I could see like, okay, like, you know, what I'm saying I'm in the, anything for a young yeah, kid. Yeah, like, exactly. You don't know what that's going to do to somebody. Exactly, and then you're in the same room as all of these other people, and nobody's looking at you like, oh, like, oh, this person got on this. Like, you could come up to somebody and talk to them, and they'd be like, okay, like this, that. This. You know what I'm saying? So that's it. That's why I wanted to keep it, keep pushing it as a free event. That's why I wanted to keep pushing it as museum. Uh, yeah, a museum, real a, um, a museum with a you can shop what you see. You shop at all museums too, so exactly. There ain't nothing so, wrong yeah. with that. Do I'm you have, that. Is there any other creative outlets that maybe like that you're gonna do in the future that like you've been? Because I mean, you to design, so I know that's always you know. I'm mm. pretty. You might even be designing now, for all I know. But is there any other creative outlets like you do, or are you plan for the future? Um, my future plans. I do want to start production on like a. So, you know, AUG, right? AUG DVD. Yeah, for sure. So, I'm trying to push that for Texas, right? Okay. Because I wanted to show, like, there's young niggas out here who get just as lit, do just as much as these celebrities. And I want to show other people that you don't have to be a celebrity to be lit. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't got to be a celebrity to witness something crazy. You know what I'm saying? And record it. Like... You could live a regular life, and you could go out every now and then, but that could still be just as lit as these celebrities. You know what I'm saying? Show the beauty and everything. It's almost kind of yeah. like your first brand a little bit. It's almost kind of like yeah. referring to that. Like, it's the same little references. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to push. So I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to get in tune with uh, people from all around Texas so I can have, like, it's not going to be like a set, hey, I need you to record this, I need you to record that. It's going to be like a, hey, man, whatever you see fit to show, like, this is our lifestyle, I want you to put that. In this drop box yeah. right here, buddy. We finna cook yeah. some shit. Exactly. And just Sorry. put it all together. Because you look at all DVD, it's just random shit. Bro, I love how you do everything so remotely. I, I Like, that would be so hard for me. I'm such, like, an in-person kind of... Like, hey, you even man. see me even DMing, like... I could actually even focus with my homies and everything. Like, I'm still bad at DM. Like, I'm really in-person. So uh, to like see you build this community and to see you like even got further plans of like doing the production, I think that's sick. I think that's um, it makes sense. You'll be able to go far with whatever yeah. you do for sure. Trying <laughs> every day, man. Just try to do more. Right. So yeah, that's pretty much. Shit, bro. I appreciate you coming, chopping it up with me, bro. Running the course, interview. Man. That's love. Definitely got to tap into Dallas. Sure, man. You been liking Arizona out here so far? It's cool. Yeah. I like it. I've been. You finessed been... the uh, the section. That's some... yeah. I finessed the section. <laughs> I, I left. The... I haven't did that in a minute, I ain't bro. Gonna... I left that whole early because I was like, bro, I got work five in the morning. Bro. Oh, 
I ain't got time to be fooling with you. But bro, finesse the hoe. And I was just like, I ain't really trying to. I ain't really trying to. I ain't really trying to stay here. I'm tired, man. It's one o'clock in the morning. I gotta work at five. Yeah, it's pretty pleased. It gets yeah. kind of pretty popping in that bitch. Yeah, dude. I learned that real fast. But now, bros in that team. Sick. Shit, again, bro. Appreciate you. Thank you. Always, bro. Out, gang.